You're listening to a podcast from 702. 702. The BRICS Report. Brazil. Let's welcome director at the Center for Dynamic Markets, Gordon Institute of Business Science. It's Professor Lyle White. Lyle, morning to you. Hi, gee, the Olympics is just uh, weeks away. How are things looking? Yeah, morning, John. And yeah, the, the Olympics are just around the corner, as they say. And, you know, they, they recently unveiled the, um, the, the Olympic Village. Um, the International Olympic Committee President, Thomas Bach, uh, who we heard from so often during the, the run-up to the Olympic Games, given all the controversy around this, he has now declared the $850 million uh, Rio Olympic Village one of the most beautiful he has ever seen. And this is, a, this is great, uh, given, given some of the, the problems that uh, Rio has faced. Uh, up until this point. Now, the complex comprises 31 buildings uh, that will house the the athletes from uh, the 5th to the 21st of August, and that's when the Olympics will be running, of course. Um, The village has about 3,600 apartments uh, and covering a a total of about 200 square meters and could host up to 18,000 people. Now, the, the unveiling of the Olympic village is more positive news for Rio after it has been blighted by uh, by serious is- issues leading up to the Games, with speculation it could be a disastrous Summer Olympics. You know, this is the first Olympics in South America, so it's really something that is so important for that region and for the people of that region. And uh, given, you know, the, the economic turmoil and the political crisis, not to mention the Zika outbreak that has left organizers fearing for the safety of the Games from a health perspective. What, what about the Zika virus? I see now uh, it may not be the real cause of this microcephaly outbreak. What's that all about, uh, Lyle? Yeah, so that's the big story, John, and I think this is fascinating and one that uh, obviously would have been a lot better founded uh, or maybe more research uh, could have been put into this a little bit before the Games, uh, given what has uh, taken place with athletes pulling out. But people around the world continue to be advised against becoming pregnant due to the ongoing spread of the Zika virus, uh, and while this is happening, a group of Argentine physicians um, are challenging this notion and the overwhelming link between Brazil's microcephaly and uh, the 70-year-old Zika disease, as they call it. Now, they believe, rather than, the, than Zika having caused a rise in microcephaly cases, it is really a toxic larvicide that's been introduced into Brazil's water supplies that is to blame. Now, these Argentine physicians also note that there uh, have not been any cases of microcephaly in past Zika epidemics. Uh, and these are in other countries where Zika co- cases are very high, like Colombia. There are no records of microcephaly linked to Zika. And even the Colombian president has come out and formally announced that, uh, that of, the, of those residents infected with Zika, not a single case of microcephaly was reported. And, and meanwhile, in addition to this, the World Health Organization all along has been very careful not to link Zika to microcephaly. Isn't it interesting? Because the media, of course, have made that link because of those, those awful pictures. And tell us about this, this new policy opening up Brazil and Latin America while other leading nations are trying to, to look inward. Yeah, I think this is fascinating, given the Brexit and um, the prospects of a very inward-looking president in the United States. Um, uh, so while the rest of the world are, are taking this kind of, what I'd call this, this very conservative default position, Brazil, in light of its crisis, is opening up its trade policies. Uh, last month in June, uh, the government suspended its 10% tariff on imports of beans, and uh, this is a country that has historically been, um, uh, been very much inward-looking and very, very protectionist. You know, uh, Brazil might be the world's ninth largest economy, it's, but its trade is just 1.2% of global trade. So uh, this, the new interim government under Michel Temer 
sees exports as one way of pulling the country out of a very, very deep recession. So politicians and company bosses alike are starting to regard trade as a new way to boost productivity. And some of the other um, exciting uh, prospects, they're going to, um, they really are going to, uh, they're looking to dismantle local content rules in the very strategic oil and gas sector. And very interestingly, now, and in, in, in terms of engaging with Argentina, another country that has been in the past uh, few years very inward looking, they are looking to re-engage on a trade agreement to, to allow for the free movement of, of cars and car parts to create economies of scale there. And then in, in addition to this one, there's also another, one, another trade deal with Mexico on the cards, which they hope to conclude uh, by the end of 2016. So the Brazilians are really, they, they, the attitude is that if Brazilian companies want to be competitive, they've got to compete. And they do see that, the, that Brazilian business is a way and a means to pull the country out of its economic mess. Fascinating. We should be looking at Brazil very, very closely. Lyle, thanks very much indeed. We'll chat again. All the best now. Cheers, John. Thanks a lot. And that was recorded earlier on. That was Professor Lyle White, Director of the Centre for Dynamic Markets, Gordon Institute of Business Science. Sounds like Brazil is changing.